been a practicing pediatric chiropractor for 25 years. His mentor was the great Dr. Larry Webster. In 2001, he realized that he wanted to do more for the profession, and he wanted to give back by becoming an instructor. So he sold his practice up in New Jersey, moved down here with his beautiful wife, Lisa, who he has been married to for 23 years. Dr. Lisa is also at Life University. She's part of the Student Success Center. And if you've ever seen the two of them together, they are hugging, they are kissing, they are loving. They have the most loving relationship I've ever seen on two people. And I'm always honored and feel privileged to get to learn from him. Help us welcome Dr. Drew Rubin. Crazy orange uniforms and stuff. 
And now they are this huge thing. They've had books written about them, movies about them. Unbelievable. Started from nothing. Last thing is Starbucks. Starbucks is just coffee, right? And this is the first Starbucks right over here at the bottom. That's the first Starbucks. It was right across from Pike's Place Park in Seattle. And it was, what you're seeing here, there's a line outside the, the door of Starbucks. It would take two hours to get in Starbucks to get one cup of coffee from the first Starbucks. So Lisa and I did not want to wait two hours. Uh, so I just took a picture of it to show you. <laughs> but if you really think about this, like Starbucks has taken coffee so that now the number one drink in England, which was the tea capital of the world, is now coffee. So Jimmy Buffett has one single margaritaville and is the number three entertainer in terms of wealth in the world. And it looks like he's having a great time here watching the concert. Pice Place Fish Market, they just throw fish back and forth, and they're the number one fish people in, on, in the country. Starbucks sells more coffee than anybody else in the world, and they all started from nothing. So it just so happened, as we're flying to Seattle, through, uh, I was talking out there, as we're flying to Seattle, I'm reading this, this book. And has anybody read this, The World Without Us? Yeah, it's a great book. You want to read a very interesting book. Um, this is a thought experiment. And what happened is uh, Dr. Weissman, uh, he said, he had this idea in his head. What would happen if all of a sudden every person, every human being on the planet disappeared, was gone? What would happen to all the stuff? What would happen to all the skylines and the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty and your house and our cars? What would happen to us? It was just a thought experiment. So I'm reading this on the plane as we're going to Seattle. And I was thinking about it, and I said to myself, this is interesting, because I think I have an idea of what he's talking about. Now, these are two pictures taken maybe a, a couple of miles from where I live on the way to, to my uh, practice. If you look at the picture on the left, uh, the picture on the left, there was a house that was there about five or six years ago, and it, it had a fire, and they knocked it down. But it's been well maintained. So now they're, you know, the guys mow it every you know, couple of weeks and pull the weeds and stuff, so it's well maintained. Now, the picture on the right, around the same time, that, uh, there was a house that used to be on that uh, property too, also had a fire. They also knocked it down. But there's a difference. The difference is that the, the house here on the right, they haven't done a damn thing to it in six or seven years. So what's the difference? Is that the one on the left looks well-maintained. The one on the right has got weeds and little shrubs and trees and stuff growing out of it. So here's the interesting thing. Something from nothing can also occur, but it can occur in the wrong direction. Right? So the whole idea of something from nothing, you could be Jimmy Buffett, you could be Starbucks or Pike's Place Market and have nothing, start from zero and build this unbelievable empire. Right? Or you could have nothing like this place here on the right, and let it just go to hell in a handbasket, and weeds will grow. Right? So something from nothing works either way. Depends on the effort that you put into it. Right? So something from nothing can make a Jimmy Buffett, who is just having this great old time, just exploring the world the way he does, or you can create this unbelievable bunch of weeds and shrubs. So the moral is this. The weeds will take your garden, 
if you let it. If you let it. Right? You either get on the like left hand side of here, you either gotta do the work, right? Eric Class was saying that, right? Do the work, and you get a beautiful garden with landscape and nice, you know, you space the flowers nicely, and you get all these cute, pretty colors and, and the little stones and stuff, right? And it looks really pretty, really inviting. Or you're like on the right hand side where they used to have a garden, you can see there was a garden inside at some point in time, and now it's completely overgrown because they've done nothing to it. But the choice is yours, right? The choice is yours. Which one is your life? Do you choose the, the well-planned garden, right, where it's landscaped and manicured beautifully and look, look at the pretty lines and there's nice rocks and trees and shrubs that kind of go like this and have a nice, you know, feature to it? Or do you have this case sera, sera whatever's going to happen is going to happen, this is just what it is, and let the weeds take your garden? So I think about this as well as the chiropractors who are saying, we're going to build this garden. So I think about this, because everything's chiropractic, right? Yeah. Everything's chiropractic. Like Jeremy was saying, you know, 100% chiropractic all the time, whatever he said. It's all chiropractic all the time. We chiropractors and chiropractic students are really magicians. Because we do the same thing. If you really think about what we do, it must look like magic to an outsider. Right? You know, I adjust someone, I use my hands, and somehow they get better, and I don't do it, it's like, you must be pulling something out of your sleeve or out of the hat that you're wearing. Like, how, how did that happen? And I think that's why most of the world doesn't get what we do. Because what we do looks like magic. It looks like a sleight of hand. You know, abracadabra, your penis gone. Abracadabra, your like, autistic kid's talking. Abracadabra, your asthma's gone. Right? Doesn't it look like that? Right? We, so that's why the world doesn't get it. Right? Because if you're a medical doctor and you go, here is your sacrament, your pills, your potions, your lotions, or my surgery, you know, I have a scalpel and the sutures and stuff, you can see it. You can't see what we do. Right? It looks like sleight of hand. And then I think about this, like what drives us? What drives you? Like why are you here? And I don't mean here, like, at the Renaissance, Beverly. I mean, why are you here on this planet? Right? I'm here on the planet for the kids. Right? That's why I'm here. I was put here. Larry Webster morphed me and made me into a pediatric chiropractor. And I'm here now because of the kids. Because the kids need us. The kids need me. Right? More than any ever before. Because, let's think about this. Anybody know what the autism rate was in 1960? Give me a guess. Very good, one in 10,000. <laughs> Somebody actually listened to class. <laughs> wow. uh, one in 10,000. Right? Now don't answer this one. Okay? According to the CDC last year, what's the autism rate? You guys are close. One in 68. One in 68. So that means in 50 years, the autism rate is going from one in 10,000 to one in 68. I don't know, I'm not good at math, but that's a big percent increase, right? <laughs> that's a real, that's like thousands of percentage increase. Something is desperately wrong. Something is desperately wrong. And if we keep on going, right, if we let this continue as it is, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So the kids need us now more than ever, you know. And you look at the child on the left, 
as an autistic boy, what's he doing there? What's this called? That's called stimming, right? Why are they stimming? Because they don't know where they are in space. It's called poor body awareness, right? They don't, they can't figure it. So when they do this, they can feel themselves. You know, you tell an autistic kid to stop doing that. If he stops, he gets really upset because he needs to find himself. This is how he's centering himself. Or you know, like the autistic boy on the on the left, on the right, he's putting together these little cards. He's not just putting like my son used to play Thomas Tank Engine. He would just you know do do do. Here comes Thomas, and here comes Mr. Topham Hat, and he's made this whole big story. These kids are like lining things up extremely linearly so that everything looks exactly the same. That's what's going on in their little heads. These kids need us more than ever before. And this is crazy. This is crazy, all right? This is the autism walk in Atlanta a couple months ago. So my wife and I were in Seattle, so my team was over here, and we had a booth at the autism walk. I don't know if you can see how many thousands of people are walking in this picture. But it's sick to think that there's that many people walking for autism. And it's not just here in Atlanta, right? It's in Philadelphia, and it's in San Diego, and it's in Houston, and it's in New York, and it's in Boston, and Miami, and they're walking everywhere for autism. Here's a picture from our booth at the autism walk out. Look how many people are there. And you know what a big portion of the booths were there? Because we're the only chiropractor. What was the big portion of the booths there? Drug companies! Right? Let's, let's control these kids with drugs. Like, that's the answer. So a little boy comes into my office three weeks ago. Four-year-old boy with autism. Gorgeous little kid. <clears throat> Mom and dad say to me on the phone before she said, here's the problem. This kid's incorrigible. He won't let you touch him. He won't let you go near him. He just like, he's, he's like totally hypersensitive. I said, don't worry, we've dealt with this before. He comes in on Wednesday. I said, hey, buddy, come on, let's go get adjusted. He was sitting on the floor with his dad. He gets up, walks in the back room with me, and climbs up on the table. And the parents are like, because he does judges and follow directions. Usually it's like, you gotta pick the kid up, take him, put him somewhere. Sits on the, he climbs up on the table, he looks right at me and he says, hi. And the mom and dad are like, and they're saying he's initiating conversation now. Right? He's only saying one word here and there, but he's initiating conversation. He's actually parroting words, right? He's saying he was watching little videos for adjusting him, and he said the word light, because on the video, one of the characters said light. And he never did that before. So magic, right? From, I think about it from the parent's perspective, and I got my hands on this little boy doing different kind of adjustments with him. It must look like magic because they're saying, I don't know what on earth this, kid, this guy's doing with my kid, but something's changing. And the mom says to me yesterday, I mean on Wednesday, she says, nobody can touch him except for my husband and I, and now you. Nobody else. Nobody else in the family, my in-laws, his parents, nobody can touch him except for you. That's the idea. That's what we're trying to do. This is a battle cry. So, like it's been said already from the stage, 
What are we waiting for? You want an invitation? Right? Well, my invitation to you is now here. Right? We do not have time to wait. Do you understand that? 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 68. If we do nothing like we have for many years and focus on that pain, then in 20 more years, it's going to be 1 in 2. Right? The choice is yours. The choice is really yours. You know, to reach a goal you've never before attained, it was two things you've never done before. I'm asking you to go way past your comfort zones. I'm asking you to become magicians. And you already are magicians, but I'm asking you to recognize it. I'm asking you to recognize that you are magicians, that you have miracles to perform, and it looks like magic is just using your hands. But it's time for us to continue to create that universe, right? It's time for us to change the universe because we do really do have the ability to create something from nothing. Thank you very much. Up when you signed in and got your name tagged this weekend.